The passage I'll be reading today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3. And it starts with verse 7. <laughs> I didn't mark this Bible, so I was like, where is that? Then John said to the crowds who came to be baptized by him, You children of snakes, who warned you to escape from the angry judge? Wait, 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 this is not it. Luke 3, 15. I'm sorry, everyone. The, you're like, what? We're going to be snakes now? <laughs> Not you, them. <clears throat> the people were filled with expectation. And everyone wondered whether John might be the Messiah. John replied to them all, I baptize you with water. But the one who is more powerful than me is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hands. He will clean out his threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn. But he will burn the husks with a fire that can't be put out. With many other words, John appealed to them, proclaiming good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, had been criticized harshly by John because of Herodias, Herod's brother's wife, and because of all the evil he had done. He added this to the list of, evil, of his evil deeds, and he locked John up in prison. When everyone was being baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit came down on him in bodily form like a dove, and there was a voice from heaven. You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage as we try to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. So today, um, around the world, is known as the day that we celebrate the baptism of Christ. It's Christ Baptism Sunday or Baptism of Christ Sunday, whichever you prefer. And so this is a passage of scripture or scriptures like it that pastors all around the world will be reading today and preaching from. And I love the idea that we're kind of connected to this worldwide church of, I mean, de worldwide, multiple denominations around the world will be hearing this sermon or hearing this passage and sermons based off of it today. And it's interesting to think about the different ways that people might believe about baptism because the truth is baptism is really controversial. When I was in seminary, I couldn't tell you the amount of times that we sat in class talking about baptism or sat out in the hallways and the lobbies talking about baptism or sat around in restaurants and cafes after class talking about baptism and who was right and who was wrong and what was the right way and what was the wrong way and all of that sort of thing. And it's, so it's controversial. It's controversial because we don't know if the right way is to sprinkle water on top of someone's head or should you fully immerse them or should you, could you pour water on top of someone's head and, and all of those things are correct or none of those things are correct except one of them. And, you know, it's just kind of like we have these arguments around it and it causes divisions within families and it causes divisions within our church, like Big C Church this idea of baptism, and I don't think that Jesus would ever be like, hey, that's a good idea, let's have an argument about how you ought to get closer to me. 
I think the truth of it is the Holy Spirit moves in our lives and there's something about a simple thing like water that connects us to God and God wants to continue connecting to us. And when we make it about the exact details of it, we're missing the forest for the trees. The other reason it's controversial is because Jesus did it. And now we're doing it as if we're like Jesus in some way. And the truth of the matter is, that's a beautiful thing that Jesus did something so earthly and so earthy that we can do it also and connect with God in the same way. Now, I'm not trying to say that on the day of my baptism, when I was in third or fourth grade at Epworth United Methodist Church, when I kneeled down at the altar and Reverend Wilson Holman poured water on top of my head and baptized me in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and gave me a new name, that my name was no longer Ross Gregory Whitaker, but my name was Ross Gregory Whitaker, child of God. I'm not saying that the heavens broke open and the Spirit of God descended like a dove and you heard the voice say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Like, I'm not trying to say that happened. But I am trying to say this. That moment was a life-changing moment. Because it doesn't matter now, like, how successful I am. That doesn't define me. And it doesn't matter now how much failure I have in my life because that doesn't define me. What defines me is that my name is Ross Gregory Whitaker, child of God, and that it was given to me by God in the waters of my baptism. And that changes everything for me because I have this message running through my head sometimes about the failures that I've had in my life, or I have this message running through my head sometimes about how much better I would be if I could just do these other things. And none of those things are true. The truth of the matter is I am whole and I am complete in the presence of God. And so are you. And that is controversial. Because the world around us wants us to believe otherwise. Baptism is also controversial because we have this belief that baptism is about our forgiveness. And so to be forgiven, you need to be baptized. That way you can go into death and come up a new creation. And the truth of the matter is, that's not how love works. And if God loves us, baptism isn't a isn't a tool that God uses to be able to love us. Baptism is a tool that God uses to show us God's love that God already has for us. Imagine one of my children doing something wrong and me not forgiving them until they said, hey dad, I'm sorry. That's not very loving. The loving thing to do is to be able to forgive them whether they say they're sorry or not. God loves us. Baptism is about forgiveness, but it's about forgiveness in the fact that we are already forgiven. And it's a tool that God uses to show us that. It's not the other way around. It's not a tool that God uses to be able to forgive us and to be able to love us. It's a tool that God uses to say, Eric Matherly, I love you. You are my child regardless of what you have ever done regardless of what you will ever do. That's what baptism is about. But it's controversial. Because our nature is to hope and expect that somebody will come to us 
and ask for forgiveness because it makes it easier for us to forgive them when they know that they've done wrong. But the truth of the matter is, God has never worked that way and never will. When you read into the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the covenant that God makes with God's people and says, I will be your God and you will be my people, happens before the law. And we oftentimes say like, well, the law is there and you have to obey the law to show you that, show God that you love God and therefore God can love you. No, that's not how it happened. God said, I love you. Therefore, here's this law that will help you live a better life because I want the best for you. It's like if you live close to a busy street, you tell your kids, I love you. Don't go close to that street because I'm afraid you'll get hit by a car. You don't say, don't go close to that street, because if you do, it's going to be harder for me to love you. The law is there because God loved before the law was given. God loves us before we're ever baptized. God loves us before we ever acknowledge the fact that God is a loving God who forgives us. We don't have to perform for this forgiveness. It's given to us. The receiving of it is on our side. So why be baptized? What's the point? Well, one of the points is, have you ever been told by somebody that they love you? And you're like, ah, oh, have a good day. <laughs> it's awkward, right? What we're doing in our baptism is saying, God, I know you love me. And I love you too. And have you ever said to someone, I love you? And they're like, mm, have a good day. It makes you feel weird. Well, for us, baptism is us being able to say, I love you too. And so when we baptize infants, like, tell me her name again in the back. What, tell me her name again. Yeah, when I baptized Ray Lynn, she's not able to say like, hey, uh, I love you, God. She's just a tiny little baby. But here's what we're recognizing in that moment, that God is picking her up and holding her and loving her and has claimed Ray Lynn as a child of God. And there's going to be a day in Ray Lynn's life where she gets a grade that she doesn't want. And that doesn't define her. What defines her is that she is Ray Lynn, child of God. And there's going to come a day when she has a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever and they break up with her and she's going to be heartbroken and that doesn't define her either. And there's going to be a day where she gets accepted to the college that she wants to get into or gets the job that she really, really wants and that doesn't define her. What defines her is that moment on this stage several months ago where I held her and poured water on her head and made sure that we understood that that is God wrapping God's arms around her. There will come a time in her life where she is confirmed and says, I love you back. But sisters and brothers, baptism is only controversial because we try to make it be a function of how we live. And the reality is God is trying to say, don't live like that. Live this other way. And so Jesus was baptized to show us, live this other way, this way where you're in connection with God, where you know that you are loved and you are claimed and that you are defined by this and not that. That is the purpose 
and reason for baptism, in my estimation. Others would disagree, and that's okay. But that's the purpose and reason, in my estimation. And to me, it just feels like the gospel of Jesus Christ. That baptism is about forgiveness that you have already received. Baptism is about the fact that you are named and claimed by God as God's child, and it never can change. We, in the Methodist church, as as a Methodist pastor, I believe in one baptism. That you could only be baptized one time in your life. Now, we can reaffirm that baptism, and we have things that we do to make that happen that look a whole lot like baptism. But if you were baptized as a small baby in the Catholic church, you are baptized. And if you were baptized as a 33-year-old first-time believer in Jesus in the Baptist church, you are baptized. And that changes everything for you. There's a story of Martin Luther. Anybody grow up Lutheran or still consider themselves Lutheran? A few people. So there's this story of Martin Luther, who is one of my favorite theologians, where he was, he was trying to uh, translate the Bible into German. And he's writing it down, and it's this really difficult task. And he would start having doubts about himself, like, are you even smart enough to do this? Why are you doing this? You keep messing up. You're not good enough. And they say you can go into Martin Luther's study to this day and find ink stains on the wall where he would pick up his ink pot and throw it across the room and shout out, I am baptized to whatever it was that was giving him a different reason to doubt his purpose. Not I was baptized. I am baptized. Because he understood that it was in his baptism that he recognized that he was named and claimed. And there's nothing, no story, nothing in his head, nothing anybody else could say to him that would change that. I love this day. I love talking about baptism. I love celebrating baptism. I love officiating over baptisms. In fact, in a moment, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you right now. If you have not been baptized, and you are here this morning, and you want to be baptized this morning, I am going to give you that opportunity in a few minutes. So I want you to start thinking about it. And if you're sitting there and your stomach is kind of churning and you're like, oh, I don't know, that means yes, you should do this. (laughs) And the reason I say that, and I say that honestly, the reason I say that is the Holy Spirit does not operate in places of comfort. We as followers of Jesus need to get comfortable being uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit will constantly be calling you and leading you and pushing you and kicking you sometimes into places where you're like, wait a second, I didn't sign up for that. So if you're feeling like, yes, the answer is yes. Just say yes to the Holy Spirit. I promise it will be mostly okay. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't work out the way we want. But it works out the way God wants. Together, let's take a few moments 
to affirm our faith, to say to one another what it is that we believe. It's important for us to do this because, for one thing, historically, like for about 2,000 years now, when churches gather, they tell one another what it is they believe. And there are a few reasons for that. Number one, it's important for us to understand what it means to be a Christian. Number two, it's important for us to understand that other people believe with us because I promise you there are days when I just can't hardly believe. It's like I'm holding on by a thread. A few years ago, I was driving down the road and I had this moment where I was like, I don't think I believe any of this. This is going to be a really hard conversation tonight when Michelle and I meet up and I have to tell her I've got to find a new job because everything that I've based my entire life around isn't real. I had this moment of like total lack of faith and I was kind of panicky. And so I said, God, you need to help me figure out the words that I'm going to say to Michelle. And I thought, well, why are you praying? If you don't believe, who are you talking to? My faith came back. All of a sudden I realized I did believe. But it happens, right? Sometimes it's a moment, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes in the deep, dark recesses of grief, it can be months. But we tell each other what we believe because I trust you all that when I'm struggling, our faith will get me through and that when you're struggling, our faith will get us through. And so let's tell one another what we believe.